Well, welcome. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins. I'm so happy to have you joining us this evening. And this show is presented by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we are very grateful for, we'll talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. Before we get to our show tonight, let's recap last week. Last week we had Ned Reynolds, we had Becky Oaks, we had Greg Stevenson, and we talked about the importance of mentors and leadership and those types of people that you need to have in your world to be able to, to take whatever you are trying to accomplish to the next level. And um, we talked about the Leadership and Mentoring Program Champs. If you want to listen to that episode, you can go to a acoachesperspective.com or you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Spotify, Verbal, or even Helium Satellite Radio. So tonight, I'm very excited about my guest. We have Coach Mike Neighbors. And in 2017, he was named the University of Arkansas women's basketball coach. And after coaching in Colorado, Tulsa, Arkansas, Xavier, and Washington as an assistant, he made his name at the University of Washington, where he elevated that program to new heights, taking them to the Final Four in 2016, two Sweet 16 appearances. And he coached Kelsey Plum, the all-time NCAA leading scorer and the number one WNBA draft pick. At Arkansas, he has continued. This is his home state, his alma mater, and he's exploded the Lady Razorback program to a national spotlight. They have beat teams like UConn, Baylor, South Carolina, Texas A&M. And he posts record seasons and continues to elevate their play. He coaches multiple WNBA players, and Coach Neighbors is that coach that's respected coast to coast. And in this episode, we catch up with him on his stance on the mental health and how he can assist athletes and coaches. Well, I want to welcome Coach Mike Neighbors uh, to the podcast. You know, Coach Neighbors, we're bringing awareness to mental coaching and assisting coaches and athletes to better meet their hypothetical best, if you will. So welcome to the podcast. Great to be on and a great topic. Happy to share some uh, experiences and hopefully learn some stuff along the way. Well, you know, first of all, I know that you're gearing up at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to right out the gate tell you how much I appreciate your time during this busy part of the season. Not a problem. Happy to do it. And I think like most coaches, I, I think I think things kind of slow down in season. You know, you get on a routine <laughs> a little bit. And, yeah. um, you know, you're busy, but I, I, at least you know what's coming and you got that schedule right in front of you. It's that, it's that off season when you don't have a, a, a game coming up. So <laughs> I, I really like the, the, the rhythm of basketball. You know, I've said many times, Stop trying to chase balance because you're never going to attain it. So uh, <laughs> I like the rhythm that we're in. I really like this this time of the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. I love that. All right. So we, as I said earlier, we're bringing some kind of light and in, in generating continued conversation over the mental health of athletes. And, uh, you know, I refer to it more as mental coaching. Um, you know, it's we want to recognize mental health issues, but that's not where it stops. We want to be able to try to help our athletes and coach them through this and navigate it. So first of all, I just would like to know just your general thoughts on the state of mental health right now of collegiate players. Yeah. And I think you, you hit it hit right off the bat there, I think reducing some of the stigma of the word mental issues, mental health, um, we all have it. It, We all have um, 
things, and, and I hate the word issue because there's such a negative connotation with it. So I'm proud that y'all use the word uh, mental health because we all had it. So um, I, I do think with COVID coming out, you know, we're two years post now. We're starting to deal with some of the things that I think we all dealt with. That's one of the very few times in our lifetime when, when we all kind of stood still. And, and I think every player that I've dealt with, every assistant coach, uh, everybody on my staff from strength and conditioning to nutrition, you know, everybody went through that a different way. And I think we're now coming out of that. Um, and, and I think it's never been more important that we acknowledge it, that we talk about it. Uh, and it's a part of what we practice, not just as, uh, just as much as your transition offense and transition defense and ball screen defense, it's got to be, it's got to be, you got to have a folder for it. You know, I've got a folder over here to, uh, to talk about it and make sure we check in on it, uh, every single day that we're together. Yeah, it is. It's a skill. It is a skill that they need to work on. Um, and, and as a, as a sports counselor, you know, I've worked with athletes and teams and there are a few main areas that kind of stand out as mental roadblocks, if you will. It could be performance anxiety, fear of failure, perfectionism. There is a difference between those two. Inconsistent confidence, um, success guilt. But the one I'm seeing the most with um, collegiate athletes has been perfectionism. I mean, they give themselves little grace to make mistakes. And if they don't play flawless, they look at it as almost a reflection on their self-worth. And, you know, I want to know, are you seeing this with, with some of your players or with uh, even other collegiate athletes at your university? No question. Yeah, it, it, you, all of the things that you mentioned, uh, some kids have some, some kids have many, but everybody's got one of those things. Yeah. Um, I have them. You know, I, I've got them. I, I, we were getting ready to have a scrimmage the other day, and I just got this feeling in my stomach. It's like it was test day. You're supposed to really look forward to the game, and instead you, you get this knot in your stomach because you know you're going to be judged on social media and um, in the comment section by somebody that you, you probably don't even know and probably doesn't even know you either, but they're just out there uh, looking to uh, stir things up. So, no, it, it is it's, um, it's more prevalent than ever um, because of the visibility of social media kids' expectations um, that are set by themselves, by people around them, by rankings, by scholarship chasing, by awards, recognition, likes uh, on uh, all the various platforms. I mean, it is something that people chart. There, are, I know there are people that chart how many likes they get, and it just I, I, it's one of those things that scares me as a father and it scares me as a coach. Um, I don't claim to have any expertise, so I ask for help along the way from lots of people like you and, and others uh, because um, if we don't have that on lock, it doesn't matter what offense we run or what how we guard ball screens. Uh, if they don't feel good, they're not going to play good. Right, I agree, and I think that's an excellent point. And whoever's charting the likes, stop that, please. <laughs> please stop that. That's not healthy. Not healthy. Not healthy. Yeah, no. not healthy. And I, I do think a lot of the roots of, of the issues are social media, uh, overwhelming expectations from, you know, parents and, and, and even coaches, um, and, and rightfully so. You want the best for them. You want to have high expectations. 
Um, you know, but I do think a lot of it is intrinsic. And I think a lot of them, there is this overwhelming need to compare themselves to others, not feel that you have the worth inside you, but what others think about you is how you're gauging your self-worth. And that's a dangerous place to be. Um, and it's not, not healthy. No, they, it, I've seen it. You've probably seen it on, on social media. There is good social media. Yes. Uh, I, I tell our kids all the time, there, there's stuff out there that can be good for you. But, uh, you know, it is it is definitely the thief of joy. I, I didn't make that quote up. Somebody else put it on a on a post. But there's no question comparison. It, it, it can steal your joy uh, and, and, and bring things into your life. It, our, our brain is designed to, to make to protect itself. You know, I did a, a year-long study a few years ago about some things with, with the way our brains work, but we are still in that mode where it, it is made to protect ourselves. And when when attacked, it goes into protection mode. And that can create some really dark places for people that judge themselves um, compared to others. Uh, and I don't think we did the collegiate students uh, any any uh, – it wouldn't make it any easier on break by bringing NIL in the name, image, and likeness. Right. Because here I am sitting there saying to them, don't compare yourself and how many likes you're getting when their agent is telling them, well, you have to have name, image, and likeness to make money. You have mm-hmm. to have a social media following. You have to have followers. You have to have interactions. You have to have likes. Um, and I, I just think the two can reach a dangerous intersection if you don't talk about it. Uh, we've had a lot of success just by having moments when, and it doesn't have to be scheduled. It can be in the middle of a practice. It can be on an off day. It can be on the airplane. It can be in the hotel. It can be a lot of different places, but um, more coaches becoming more aware and, and not being afraid to ask for help. This is one of those areas. I mean, you may have had it, but my coaching classes, we didn't have any of this stuff. <laughs> right. This was not, it was not on the radar in the nineties. It wasn't a thing. Right. And if people aren't out reading the current books and listening to podcasts like this and others and TED Talks and, uh, you know, if you're just relying on your years of experience uh, and and what you were taught when you played, uh, it, it's going to be really easy uh, to do harm. I'm not even talking about doing good anymore. I'm talking about you can harm some kids uh, with some styles of coaching that I still see happening uh, when I go in gyms. Uh, and I know it's harmful. Right. Uh, we've got to we've got to do a better job of educating. I think it's just applaud you guys for making this uh, podcast what it's going to be. And you're not going to change everybody, but man, if you can help one person, it's going to be a great thing. Well, that that's actually a perfect segue into my next question um, because you were, you said earlier that, that sometimes they go to a dark place and and if we don't teach them to navigate this, if we don't arm them with some of those coping strategies, um, you know that they can they can definitely choose the wrong path. And so we want to make sure um, that we are arming them with these skills. We can't um, avoid some of these issues and these roadblocks, but we can teach them how to hurdle and go around them and mm. um, and develop those skills. So you know if I you know ask you, I already know the answer to this. This question, but if I asked you if a student athlete came to you and says, you know, I'm struggling mentally, you know, do you see that as a strength or a weakness? I mean, obviously, I know you're going to say strength. Yeah, 
Yeah. However, yeah. there there are coaches out there that uh, when you get in the most competitive mind, and I've been there as a coach, um, you know, you have someone come up there, they are not receptive. What would you say to those coaches that are not understanding how important it is that their reaction is extremely impactful? Please get out of the game. Yes. <laughs> You're making it hard on the rest of us. Go do something different. Time has passed you by. If you have not got the uh, common sense to get help, you don't have to have the answers. Send them to somebody. Find somebody. They're out there. They're available. I- I've got friends that just dismiss the idea. Ah, we don't need that. They're just soft. They're just uh, uh, please stop coaching. Please stop. Get out of this game. Go do something else. There's other professions that that are just as that you can do that don't require dealing with human beings. Um, and and I get you know I I've got people that will will slam us because we pay too much attention to it. That's okay. Re- put put all the publicity out there saying that we're going to take care of your kids. Uh, mentally and physically, I, that's okay by me, but please get out of the game or get some help. Read a book. If you're too busy to read a book, listen to somebody read a book to you on a tape. <laughs> if you're too busy to listen to a book on tape, get a podcast, get a, 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 a TED talk, but please get caught up. Um, times have changed. These kids, and, and it is a proven statistic. This generation of kids is way better than me as a Gen Xer. Every statistical category, class attendance, drinking age, voting records, teen pregnancy, every single category, um, they're better. Uh, they're, they're, they're more, uh, aware of the, uh, of, of humanism. They're more aware of every single aspect of life, but we dismiss them because they're different. Right. And until we learn how to communicate, they don't need you and I for information anymore. They can get that, like we're talking about, by reading a book, going to the Internet, talking to their friends, getting in a a Discord, which I didn't even know what a Discord was, but they get in these Discords, and they don't need you and I for They need to know what to do with that information. And they need some support, and they need protection as much as anything. Like, we have hopefully created a, a, a situation where, like you mentioned, if somebody comes forward, we had it. We, we've got a player setting this year out on a mental break. Uh, anybody can Google her story, and she would be more than happy for you to, to Google and read about her because she's she was a McDonald's All-American. She was a great player, started every game, but she was wise enough and had a good enough support system at home to say, I need a break. And I, not just a couple of days. I need a big break. So get help. If you're one of those people that are reluctant to change because you don't know what to do, it's not, it's show some vulnerability and say, I can't help you with this, but man, I know somebody that can and I'm going to be here to support you. Uh, and you keep me in the loop and, uh, you will learn things along the way. I am by no means an expert just because I've read 20 books on it or listened to, 50 podcasts, but I'm way more informed than I was the five years ago, Mike Neighbors. Right. Um, so I just encourage people to keep learning, ask questions, be vulnerable, but listen more than anything. Do not try to fix it. 
you don't have to investigate it. You don't have to do anything. Just be there. Listen. The more you listen, the more information you get. Then you'll know where, who to call uh, mm-hmm. or what what guides to give them. But you don't. Ha- they're not looking. They're not coming to you for the answer. Right. They are coming to you to say, "I need you to know this." If they've made that, that is brave. It is, is very brave to come to you. And if they immediately get some of the answers that you talked about, you're in danger of regretting it in the worst possible ways. Yes. And, and I, I have a written down in my book goal to never have a player that's committed suicide. And I don't have any control over that, but I want to do everything I can do. I don't have any goals about championships or rings or any wins, nothing. If I could have one thing, it would be that all of my players outlive me and none of them choose that path uh, because it would have uh, – I would always have a, a sense of guilt, uh, and I want to make sure that we've done everything we can do to provide opportunity uh, and resources for every single person, regardless of what their situation is, you know, have you come across the imposter syndrome yes. as you've been reading? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's the one we're dealing with most, Jenny, this imposter syndrome that kids have been told, well, you're the best player ever at this school or the best player ever in this region or the best player rankings-wise. And then they get they meet somebody that's just as good. And all of a sudden, you're like, am I really all of those things people have been telling me. I was guilty. Of, it, it happened to me my first year as a head coach. I was looking around that that Pac-12 room, and there's Tara Vanderbilt sitting over there, and Charlie Turner Thorne and Lindsey Gottlieb, and looking around this, going, "Wait a second, <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to be in this room? What have I done to be in the same conversation and have the same vote that Tara Vanderbilt has?" on this next topic that we're voting on. So it, it's a, it, that's the one that scares me the most because that's the majority of our kids at the collegiate level. Every one of them have been the best player at their school. Right. Most of them, most of them, if not all of them. Uh, and it's for sure recently. Uh, and they've not been in an environment. They've not been confronted. And you mentioned about clearing the path. You know, there's a lot of parents out there that clear the pathway. They're just out bulldozing all those obstacles rather than letting kids figure out uh, how to maneuver them and get around them, like you said, over them, under, round, through, whatever. Um, it's uh, it's a dangerous intersection of time when if if we if we don't provide these kids uh, the the proper support, um, our game can change. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Coach Mike Neighbors after this commercial break, but we want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. perspective we're going to continue our conversation with coach mike neighbors this segment is sponsored by highland dairy they're owned by dairy farmers and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938 it's a proven fact from scientific studies professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk 
And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. And they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. Let's continue our conversation with Coach Mike Neighbors from the University of Arkansas. It really can. And I love the the word bravery you used um, because it is. It's very courageous for them to come out and, and speak to a coach. And that's why they have to be so careful. So I love your advice to those coaches that are still hard headed enough. Um, you know, we are always you know, preaching to be coachable, to be able to, you know, handle constructive criticism, be coachable, be coachable. But then often, but these coaches, I just want to hold a mirror up to them and say, are you being coachable? Are you being coachable? This book, I just held up for you to see you and I are zooming right now, but do hard things by Steve Magnus. Um, I think is the best new book out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great ones and, and you have to read everything. You need to read Carol Dweck and you need to read Covey and you need to read Le- Brian Levinson's Shift Your Mind. There's a lot of things, but the do hard things, I think is exactly what you're talking about. When it speaks to a coach, we ask our players to do all these things all the time that are hard. What are you doing sitting at that desk? Especially if you're in year 25, maybe like I am. I'm in year 25, you know, and you're like, what what did I do that's hard today? Right. This is hard. This learn this stuff. Grow and get out of your comfort zone and adapt with these times. Whether or not you're planning on coaching another five years or another five games, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think those last five years of your life usually is what leaves your legacy. You know, and if you're sitting around doing the same thing you did in year one, times have changed. Right. Uh, the right. world has changed. Society has changed. The way that um, kids think has changed. Uh, doesn't make what we did wrong. It's just different. Yes. Uh, and it the tools matter. we're equipped with aren't there. It doesn't matter if you relate to it or not. You mm-hmm. don't have to relate to have, you know, some a form of empathy and, and, and care about their, their well-being. Um, and I, you know, I definitely implore all coaches to do exactly what you are saying. Educate yourself. You don't have to be the therapist, <laughs> but you can be the, the vessel that gets them the guidance and help that they need. In that, fact, don't try to be the therapist. You know, that's <laughs> what I tell people all the time. Don't just because you read a book doesn't make you the expert. Right. All I want to do is get them to the right person. Right. Oh, you know, and right. see, and I want to know the signs. Yeah. That's the other thing that I, that I wanted to study. I wanted to be able to see the things that maybe before somebody was reached that point of bravery to come tell you, you can see them, uh, and you you'll be shocked at how um, how fast if, if you want to learn something, you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. And there's so many great things that I missed out on um, early in my career because all I was worried about was winning and losing, so I could get a college job. You know, I was a high school coach and my, in my brain, we had to win all these championships to be attracted to a college coach. That was wrong. I, coach Blair wanted to see me working. He didn't care how many <laughs> games we won. He, he never one time asked me how many games we won. Yeah. He, he saw me working. And to me, that's where I think sometimes we, we get caught up in the end all be all the win loss record. Uh, I, I'm finishing a five year research project. I'm never going to get my master's or doctorate degree because I'm too lazy to take the classes, <laughs> but I'm writing what would be a good master's thesis. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to find a different way for us to compare coaches, not wins and losses. Right. Cause not all wins are created equal. How do you measure impact? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know yet. 
but there's got to be a way to do it with if, if all this stuff that I'm learning about artificial intelligence and that, you know, <laughs> Zoom is watching us right now, you know, and watching mm-hmm. they're looking at stuff in your background and things in my, my, my background and they're using that data. And it's a little scary, but I want to try to find a way for us to do that in the coaching world. <clears throat> So that the next generation of coaches aren't so hung up on wins and losses. So true. How do you measure the fact that I last week got two wedding invitations, a birth announcement, and just a thank you card for from another player? How do you where does that come in? in your I know heart. where it comes into me personally, <laughs> but it doesn't come in sometimes when uh, an angry parent is yelling at a coach from uh, the third row. Right. But where is that? Where is are those people to protect those coaches? We that's what we've got to do. Uh, we've just got to change the perception of of what sport is. Um, wins and losses always going to be important. Don't get me wrong. There's value in in working hard to achieve a win. I'm with everybody on that. I'm I'm not I'm not giving up on all that. But there's a way we can incorporate the things that you and I are talking about as well. Yeah. And and I think there's multiple ways to hold a trophy over your head. Um, There's Mm. lots of different ways. Yes. Mm. We're going to continue our our conversation with Coach Neighbors from the University of Arkansas after we take this break. Thank you again to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This segment sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Go to Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. Give them a call. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey will take care of you. 417-326-7671. You can also go to westlogging.com and ask for Danny West. He'll give you a free consultation and treat your land like his own. Thank you also to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. And we're right back with Coach Mike Neighbors from the University of Arkansas. As you know, we've been talking a little bit about individuals, but one of the best elements that I feel of mental coaching can be preventative things, can be preventative team activities. Um, what kind of activities do you do off the court that kind of assist in this mental, um, in the mental health of your athletes? So we have, uh, we don't just have captains on our team. We, we, have a, we have a couple, but we've also got a council. There's another group of kids who might not be as confident in enforcing part of our rules in the locker room or living up to some of the standards that a captain might have to. But, man, they've got some good ideas and some really good suggestions, and they care just as much. But I don't put the pressure on them by saying, well, you've got to be the kid to confront this in the locker room because you might not have that skill, and you might not want to do it. And then we've got a caretaker group. And that group just takes care of everything. They're, they're the golden retrievers and just want everybody to get along. And um, you need all three of those things to me to have a good team. You need somebody to, to lead and be a captain and, and, and do some of the hard. You need somebody in the middle that's got some great ideas and willing to work. And, you know, I, I use bee colonies and ant colonies as, uh, you know, you've got to have some workers and you've got to have some queens and you've got to have some, uh, laborers. So we try to give everybody a, a, a role that they're comfortable with. 
that I don't think stretches them into areas that can create some darkness. If you ask a kid who wants to be a caretaker to be a captain, you're just asking, that's going to be hard on them. It's going to be hard on you. But people do it all the time. We name captains because we they're a senior or something. Well, and let me let me interrupt for just a quick second. One of the things that I'm hearing from you, too, is that you get to know your players. And this is something else. Coaches, if you're listening, please get to know your players so that you know who is that captain, who is that caretaker, who is who has the best role on this council. I think that's really important. I ask them. I, 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 give, I give them a sheet of paper that says, is this anything you're interested in doing? And then we get together, we sit down, and we talk about it. Uh, you would be shocked. I was shocked. I had I had players I thought would come in and say they wanted to be a captain. I don't want any part of that, Coach. <laughs> I just want to play ball, and I, I'll be a caretaker, and I've got some good ideas, but I don't want any part of that. So um, it, it makes you a better coach. I think it makes you a better team. I think your players appreciate the fact that you're asking and seeking input rather than just making assignments. I'm not telling you I won't try to stretch a kid every now and then. If I got a kid on a fence that I think has captain's qualities, but um, but I want to make sure we're there to support them as well. You can't just throw them in and name them that, but right. get to know your players. It's um, it, There's always scary things in doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody's like, well, we can't do this at my school, or I can't do that, I can't see them off campus or I can't see them without being in a big group. There's scary things involved, but there are ways. Um, and, you know, if you'll share my email address at the end when we're done on your podcast, then people can reach out. We've got some things we've shared in the past some some things we do. But, you know, that's one of the things we do. There are a number of other things. But the main thing is uh, on the back of my practice schedule, for me, this is just a little thing and, I've got every player's name written down, and there's three little boxes out beside their name. And I make sure I check three boxes every day that I've I've spoken to that player during practice about something not basketball-related. That's great. Whether it's stretching lines, whether it's in a water break. It might be in the middle of a drill that they're not involved in. But I I will consistently check. And there's days I look down, and there's 10 minutes left in practice, and i got five kids left to get to. but just checking in, just asking about something not basketball related gives you a chance. It doesn't guarantee success, but it's going to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, in my opinion, a strategic component that I, I think can be a difference maker. No it's question. That trusting relationship. They don't second guess you. It's, it's, there is a, there's this, there, that could be a study right there. It really Agreed. could. It really could be. So, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to pivot, if you will. Um, you know, I know that, you know, we, we must help our athletes. We, they have to be in the forefront. Um, but I don't think that we can really unless we take care of ourselves and coaches are the absolute worst at sometimes looking at themselves. Um, because they have to be on point. They have to be the strong ones. I can take it. Give it to me. Um, they, and I want you, if you don't mind to kind of put yourself out just a little bit. Um, what do you do to recharge? I know that. You know, you said earlier about finding healthy balance is difficult. Sometimes, I, you know, watching film to me was a therapeutic release. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be away from the sport. But how do you um, try to recharge and make sure you're at, at full tilt for your players? Um, I get away. I, I play guitar. Uh, I'm an avid uh, movie watcher. 
uh, Netflix. I'll binge watch uh, the, whatever the hottest new thing is out. I'll pick a guitar up and learn five or ten new songs. Uh, I actually uh, I mentioned Coach Von Vanderveer earlier. You know, I'd read an article about her early in her career. She taught herself to play piano because she wanted to learn what it was like to be coached again and not be able to do something. She had no idea how to play piano. So you're taking coaching from somebody and you learn, well, man, if I, if I coach my players the way this person's coaching me to teach piano, I'm not a very good coach. So I took guitar and, and I taught myself on the internet with YouTube channel, YouTube TVs and things. Um, I'd encourage somebody to find something like that that takes some time. That's hard that you're not good at, that you have no expertise in whatsoever. Um, and just see how, and it'll get you away. But no, I, I take, uh, I take a lot of time. I, I watch almost every show. Everybody's like, how do you find time? I said, well, I make the time. Right. And it's when I stopped trying to find this balance. I mentioned that in the opening, but I don't feel like it's possible to be excellent, to have excellence in anything seeking full balance. You've got to be extraordinary to do a little bit, you know, extraordinary, do extraordinary things. So there's times tonight you have to surround yourself with a family, my wife, my kids that understand this is valuable. I'm going to miss the second half of the Chiefs game. Y'all watch it. I'll pick up pizza on the way home. <laughs> she gets it. But you surround yourself with people like that. And then that when it's time to watch Yellowstone, we watch Yellowstone together uh, and pick up a guitar and learn the new Chris Stapleton song or the new Tyler Childers song or uh, whatever comes on the radio. Uh, you have to do those things. Otherwise, your players will sense it. Your players will get the sense that you're sitting here telling them that basketball and there's other things. If you're not showing them, if you're not not only modeling it, but being a supermodel, you know, that, my only chance of being a supermodel was to do things in a super way. It's not going to be because of the way my appearance, is, but be a supermodel of these things. I, I want my kids to know that I, I, I find out what they're watching and I'll, I'll, I'll watch something along with them. Yeah. Like I, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, I'd be watching all American so that I could have a conversation with my players. I, I would have said, no way I'm doing that. <laughs> But I, I, that's one reason I do it, because I've got four players that were watching it. We get in our little huddle and say, oh, man, I can't believe Spencer got whatever on this episode. They're looking at me, and that's our thing, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing right now, which it, it makes me – I have to feel like a shower every time after I watch it. But I've got a player that she loves it. She she wants to talk to me. She Coach, are you current? Are you current? <laughs> I'm not current, but I, I will get current so we can have this conversation. So. Yeah. Um, do things that you like, you know, whether it's music or movies or uh, walks or golf. Find you something that takes a little bit of time that you're not good at that will challenge you. Um, and humble exactly you. Right. Coaches are the worst. And and humble you. You got to be humble. Yeah. I think that's important too. That that sure. yeah, you're that you are picking up a new skill. I did not know you played the guitar, so I learned something about Coach Neighbors tonight. <laughs> I, I do, and and I, I have a couple of bands I set in with on down here locally, and we've opened for some pretty big groups. I'm not the talent. Uh, <laughs> I, I get in and get in where I fit in. I'm never going to be, uh, but I, I love that escape. Uh, I love our players to come watch us because. You know, they don't, a lot of times they didn't know, um, 
and and they see in a different light. Uh, it's fun. It's scary. It's a completely. I, I don't mind coaching a basketball game in front of ten thousand people, but you walk up in front of ten people <laughs> at the local pub with three other people. It's scary, you know. And, and, and I get imposter syndrome and performance anxiety and uh, perfectionism. And I, I know I hit a bad note, and everybody goes, "Oh, you were great." And I go, no, I wasn't. I hit five bad notes. And so th- there are things that, yes, can can humble you. And I would tell you that 99.9% of coaches need a little bit of humbling. All of us. <laughs> we all need it. Yes, you know? we do. Um, the, the saying, you're, you're either humble or you're about to be, um, <laughs> it goes a long way. I think we all, because of what you mentioned, we are – in a um, an arena where toughness is rewarded and you're the strong exterior a lot of times is uh, valued. But, um, man, I think over the course of the long run, um, seeing a little bit of vulnerability, I, I wish I'd have learned that a little bit younger, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, before I hit uh, the age I am today. Well, you, you can't have both. I mean, that is okay to have both. Yep. Sure. You can so, but before we end, um, you know, at, at the very end of each of these podcasts, we're going to have a technique of the month and, um, we're going to talk about that. But if you had a takeaway that you could give our listeners for something that you do in the moment of those anxious moments to stay calm and focused and productive, is there any kind of, uh, breathing technique or visualization or anything that you do personally to help, uh, calm you? There is. There is. When you started bringing it up, I didn't initially know what it was, but the more you talked about it, it, it takes me back to uh, my pawpaw neighbors. Uh, anybody that know me for a long time has heard yes. me make a pawpaw neighbors quote, but he used to talk about the visual of um, when the when the it hit the fan, you know, whatever you'll fill in the <laughs> blank there. When it hits the fan, the very first thing you got to do is unplug the fan, hmm. and you know to hit. Because if not, it just keeps coming at you. <laughs> it just keeps coming at you. That's so very and, wise. And, 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 and I visualize it. It happened to us. He, he, I, I can send everybody. I've written this out into about a 10-page story of the day that he literally Mr. Miyagi'd us. This was a, this was a karate kid moment. But um, you've got to unplug the fan. And so anytime something reaches a level where it, – anger, frustration, whatever it's going to be, I visualize unplug the fan. And, and then the other thing he would say was, well, once you unplug the fan and you're covered, if you've ever stepped in a pile of cow manure, you learn you don't reach down with your hand and try to wipe it off right then, do you? You stop and you take those shoes off and you let them air out and you come back the next day and you just flick it off because it dries and you forget about it, and it goes away, and it's not as smelly. So my visual is always, let's unplug the fan. <laughs> let's figure out why it hit the fan. Give it a little bit of time, and it'll be a lot easier to flake off than smear off. And that technique has got us through 95% of our crisis moments. Uh, there are some things that require an immediate reaction. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that that's not the case. There are, there are extremes and you have to deal with extremes with extremes. 
but most of the things are not extremes. We just think they are, or they've been built up to be. So unplug the fan. Uh, let your shoes dry off. Come back <laughs> later. Maybe not the next day, but come back later. Um, and and then the last thing I would would kind of you know kind of put a bow on all that is use the least intrusive form of correction as you possibly can. You know, don't whatever the least form is, whatever that least level uh, uh, of correction is, that's what you need to use. You, you, you certainly don't need to meet a low level with a high level response. Uh, and, and that's where I see a lot of coaches. I've got a lot of coaching friends who have lost their jobs. And I look back at it and we all laugh and not laugh, but we all look at it and say, well, they overreacted. And, and more often than not, um, the time is going to be where you get help from others and you get an opportunity to really uh, get more information, the best form of the information, and make sure there's no missing information. Uh, read Annie Duke's books about decision-making. If, if anybody has a hard time deciding how to uh, decide, deciding how to decide, I think she's the best person out there on the planet right now uh, giving advice about how to go through that. Um, I know the, the techniques she's given us have saved my job uh, five or six times probably in the last two years. So there's techniques that will help you. Uh, it still comes down to you uh, making the decision and, and following through. But uh, the more information you have, the more uh, support you have, the better chance you have at being right more often than not. That is fantastic. Now, how am I going to top those techniques? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think, that, I think we just have to, you know, we, there's other, there's other things out there. There's other people that have success with others and I'm anxious to hear and, and listen to y'all sport, you know, the, the future ones, because you, you don't get, just like everything else in basketball, you, you can't use everything that you hear. And I can't run every great play I see in the, the WNBA or at uh, FIBA basketball. I, you can't run them all. So you can't use all, but you, you're going to hear a technique that when that moment arises, it's going to trigger something in your brain and you're going to go, Oh yeah, I heard a podcast with Jenny and coach X, Y, or Z that you have later on. I need to go back and listen to that real quick before I, because we, we, the only way that you can really expand your experiences is by talking to others. You know, I'm only going to get to live the experiences that come up in our, in, in my office. And I've got five friends that I talk to all the time, and when we talk through what they're going through, that expands exponentially my experiences, even though I'm not having to deal with the repercussions of them. So um, I just encourage people, whether or not they're able to use those techniques or the one you have on following this one or the one after that, listen to all the great ideas. And then figure out, just like inbounds plays, which ones work for you? Which it's ones fit your personality? Uh, which ones give you the best chance to succeed? Because, um, again, we're not all going to always get it right, but uh, the more we can help, the more we can save, the more we can impact, um, the better chance we have in, at, at feeling uh, uh, successful in our, in our jobs. Right. And that's what mental coaching really is, is navigating and personalizing 
what techniques will work for each individual. I mean, if they can't see, you're going to fit them for glasses. You're going to get them hearing aids if they can't hear. But if it's if it's a mental roadblock, you've got to go through several techniques before you find the ones that work. And that takes energy and effort, but every ounce of it is worth it. There's no question. There's no question. And it's uh, we got to go back and find a way to measure that impact somehow. But, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I, I think there are a lot of people out there that are just um, they're they're looking for help. And I think this is a great thing that y'all are doing. That's different. Um, like I said, anybody can watch and get inbounds plays. But this is a unique thing. And, and I applaud y'all for doing it. Well, thank you. And thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us. We really do appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so much to Coach Mike Neighbors. We appreciate his time tonight. What a great guy. We really appreciate his time and his effort and how he coaches. He does it the right way. Well, let's move in to our post-game talk sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction, high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Visit Story, Uh, Next week, we're going to have Alexis Fibble. She is a coach, a consultant for Breakthrough Coaching Center, and she's a college recruitment consultant as well as a certified health and life coach for athletes. She's out of New York, and we are going to have a great conversation with her. So tune in next Wednesday. Now for our post-game talk. It is important to realize the importance of destigmatizing this topic. It does not make you soft to be anxious or have a fear of failure. However, it does not. It does bother me when athletes don't address their anxiety or fear of failure. If you have a pulled muscle, you would rehabilitate it. So if you're going to be struggling, please be brave. Use courage and strength and reach out for help. People care. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you stronger. And that's how champions do it. I'll remind you as I do each and every week. Be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective. with door and window projects the home depot can help from inspiration and materials to ordering and installation our free millwork virtual April-